Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to We Are Not Cattle Radio. I'm your host, Jake Counts. With me back again, TJ Smith. TJ was, uh, I don't want to say on assignment, but he's got some side projects he's working on, uh, working to be an aspiring filmmaker, author, all those good things. TJ, thanks for joining us again, buddy. No problem, no problem. All right, guys. So it is September the 12th, 2012, and so here is what we're going to get into today. We are actually going to get into the, oh, we're going to cover the waterfront, really. We're going to get into the the latest and greatest of what's going on over in the Middle East and, and over in, in Asia. We're going to get into a little bit of the surveillance state. And yes, everybody, we will be addressing 9-11 on the show. And once again, we just want to you know, pay our respects to all the people that lost their lives on that day. It was a tragic event, a life-changing event for me, and a life-changing event for every American and that was watching that day and that experienced either the loss of a loved one or just the, the loss of civil liberties as the years have gone by due to the terrorist attacks. So um, TJ didn't know about this, but I want to get his take on where he was, what he was doing. I'll give you guys my take of where I was, what I was doing. But first, I got a nice little clip for you, and I'm going to give credit to Juice Media. Juice Media is a um, is a YouTube channel. They come out with this thing called Rap News about um, I think it's once every couple of months, but it really does talk about the surveillance state, and it's really really interesting. And it hasn't gotten enough exposure out there. TJ has not even heard all of this, so I'm going to get his take and his breakdown on the backside. He might be laughing too much to actually get into a, a real deep dialogue. But this is um, this is something to share with your friends. Share the broadcast with everybody. We're out here trying to find the truth. We're trying to find out what's going on. We just want our country back. We want civil liberties to be reinstated. You know, we want some sound money in our currency. We don't want all this exchange of, you know, pumping up the Fed for QE3 and deflating our, you know, or excuse me, inflating our currency and devaluing our dollar. So we just stand for the simple truth, common sense, those kinds of things. So here's the Juice Media clip. It's about six minutes, but man, is it good. So everyone enjoy. Welcome back, netizens, to this newest edition in Juice Media series of Rap News Journalism with me, Robert Foster. This evening, we're actively delving in depth to facts which affect all of us who dwell on this internet. And we've got to give a special welcome to all the ladies and agents from the NSA, ACO, MI5. Glad you're listening in, because today's show is all about surveillance and how it's spreading from the streets into our modems. As we speak, laws are being tacitly written in to implement ways of controlling the expanse of this internet. To keep us safe, we're told. But from whom? And will this place ever be? the same if these plans go through to find out we connect with our first guest to comment on the matter we're live at the Penopticon with General Baxter General Son good to have you back again with us explain why the state is spying on us my fellow Oceanians as you know we've always been at war with Eurasia or is it East Asia either way it's war and we need division to wage it but now the proles are connecting online bypassing these illusory divisions of race, religion and nationality sounds grand to me it's a catastrophe centuries of hard work are being undone profits are vanishing and it's due to the internet it's empowering Humanity. We need to get this snafu one to control rapidly. How? Behold the latest weapon in the war of terror. Our greatest invention since 9-11. Guaranteed to keep us free and safe forever. I give you the surveillance state, ladies and generals. Our secret wires log your key style. Monitor every single number on your speed dial. Rewind straight to your position with facial recognition and pinpoint you within point oh three of a mile. We put eyes everywhere without consulting you. Keeping you safe whether or not you want us to. Soon they'll be no freedoms left for threatening. Then we'll have won the war. Take that terrorism. Brilliant. 
Thank you, General. We now interview our resident guru, Terrence Moonsey, for a different view. Greetings. How does this situation look? I have one word for you, Robert. Double plus on good. The war on populace is 7.4 billion are all headed in the direction of Orwellian totalitarian oblivion. My voice is hoarse yelling about cellar winds, cold chilling them and trap wire weaving through the world wide web we all dwelling in. Face this, the all seeing eyes and all of our Facebooks like a virus. And then these iPhones with Siri, or should I say Iris. Next in line is RFID devices, mind chip triggered by chemtrails the plague spray the sky with. This time it's too far. Check out the base they're building in Utah when they'll be starving all your data for over a century. And under the outback is an entire tunnel of wires An echelon base called Pine Gap to hijack our mother Gaia Hey, maybe your mother's gayer Boo-hoo Why didn't you just kill yourself like most of your troops do? That's it, now you're on the cast iron list Hang on, General, why weren't we informed about this? Sorry we didn't tell you about our grand plan before It was meant to be a surprise, under racks and in store But some sports sports had to go and ruin it for all By blowing whistles in spite of the damn law Bill, Benny, and Tom are straight for trailblazers for leaking these tactics Hey, Triple Liberty Factivists, uh, activists, this is all legal Anything we do now actually is How did You can't question my authority, thanks to this And that's just global people And Australia is now legal for the government to store all SMS searches and emails Australians, it's taking place under your nose Unless you wake up, all your data are below to ACO. Come on, everyone knows you can trust the government now. If you've got nothing to hide, you've got nothing to worry about. That might be the case with things that are happening now because most people agree with most of the laws that are being handed down. But once the Illuminati reveal their agenda for you, this surveillance will enforce laws you no longer consent to. But by then it'll be too late to protest too. And anything you've ever said, type your brows can or will be used against you. I'm confused. So what should we do then? What should we do? Nothing. This is all an illusion. It's just a ride, a delusion, the matrix, the Maya deceiving us. Oh, you hippies really make our job so much easier. Sorry to interrupt, but we're picking up a signal from beyond the space-time continuum. Quick, switch on the juice-channeling portal. Wait, is that George Orwell? Good day, too. Wow, what do we owe dishonor to? I tried to warn you, noobs, but I see you are actually fools. But else you thought this was an instruction manual. Yes. <clears throat> so can you advise us? What would you have us do? An open and universal internet is the most effective tool you have to address the issues that afflict the world at hand. Therefore, protecting it is the most essential task that stands before your generation. I think I understand. Hush, man. You must not lose the internet. Heed this mantra. Who controls the internet controls the data. And who controls the data controls the future. We're losing you. I leave you with a tool to use. An onion? Don't be simple, Robert. This is but a simile. It stands for Tor. Tor? Google it. It's for anonymity. This onion router open network helps Considerably against tyranny, but its abilities only work if all you f***ers use it consistently. And even if you don't use it, run it, so it's forced. Well, thanks, Mr. Orwell. From now on, call me George Torwell. If we'd had such tools when I wrote this, well, it would have been so much simpler to tell Big Brother to go f*** himself. The mother sucking piece of sh- Thanks, George Torwell, for manifesting direct from this memory hole of history to impress on us these messages. We're told we need safety, which is precious, yes. But can a society that can enforce all its laws ever progress? Hindsight shows that many figures guilty of thought crime turned out to be luminaries and heroes before their time. But if a surveillance state had reigned then in this form of design, just think of all the progress we may have all been denied. Could lobbies for women's or gay rights have appeared and thrived? Would revolutionary ideals have materialized? Would science have pioneered or even survived if every word had been monitored by thought police and spies? Big Brother brings chilling effects, freezing our collective hopes. He doesn't protect our safety, but protects the status quo and threatens this internet, the one channel yet uncontrolled, whose openness we are now called upon to effect and uphold. Ladies and gentlemen. So, TJ, what do you think of that? Yeah. You know, first of all, let me just say that that right there actually went over probably a lot of people's heads who will probably actually hear it. But you were dying laughing, weren't you? You know, I laughed at some parts, but the thing that got me was that, you know, everything that he was saying is actually true. And that's how I know that a lot of people listening who are not awake, the song probably actually went over your head. Like, if you don't know what's going on, he really probably just went over your head. Yeah, but you know what? I want to give our audience credit. You know, the people that tune into us on a week-to-week basis are probably pretty well-informed. And if if not, if they've tuned into us on a week-to-week basis, hopefully we've educated them to a point where they can actually understand how some of this stuff, understand that all this stuff is bad, that we need to keep the Internet open and free. Even more so, we need to actually go to open source 
software and make you know some software free you know instead of having the collectivists from from Apple and um and Microsoft owning everything and locking everything down and then building trap doors so that that they can grab the data and then sell it off to people you know it's it's just a great it's a great encapsulation of everything that's going on from the surveillance state and for those of you that want to see the actual video it's it's called um you can go on YouTube it's called Rap News 15 and or you can go on to the YouTube channel We Are Not Cattle TV and it's actually on there under our uh, favorites. So now the the one part that really cracked me up, TJ, was the part where he talks about Siri, and then he fl- and you got to see the video to actually understand it. He he shows up Siri, and then he flips it around, and it says Iris. So why don't you break down for everybody in the Illuminati realm, in the quote unquote conspiracy realm, what Iris is? You know, um, are you talking about the eye? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean. If you look on the back of the dollar bill, of course you see the all CNI. Now the like the, the all CNI, of course, has been traced um even uh, inside many cultures, not only inside the Catholic culture, but it has been traced inside many, many cultures, also found inside the inside the Egyptian. Wasn't that the symbol for Horus back in the Egyptians? Uh yeah. That was the eye of Horus. Mm-hmm. And um however, um as time went on you actually see how they actually begin to engage inside the cult. You actually know that if you have ever studied history and if you actually have digital studies on a lot of the um, mystery schools, mm-hmm. then you actually know that the mystery schools actually dip and dab with a lot of mythology, and a lot of their mythology is actually centered around Egyptian mythology, uh, more particular, um, right. the goddess Isis, sure, and so forth. So right, and 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 it's you know piggybacks on pagan religion and stuff like that. You know, I was watching a documentary the other night that um that talked about how um. How the Stasi, how um, what was it, Himmler that wanted the um, oh, yeah. that he was he was really big into the occult and he was trying to basically use the occult to bridge the gap between between the the churches and and the state and basically you know devouring the religion. He was real big on the on the winter and summer solstice, you know, all the things that the occult mm-hmm. are into, and he tried to push that on. You know, he tried to push that on the SS and even even going so far as having them wearing the skulls on top of the hats and stuff like that. And that was only for the like the really, really elite fighting force. So and as everybody remembers, if those of you that study history, the Stasi was actually set up outside of government. It was a it was a third party army or not army, but it was like a, a police force that wasn't a police force, you know? It's one of those kind of things. So, you know, just Piggybacking off of that, we are going to dive into a whole bunch of different things today. Um, TJ and I were, were chit-chatting before um, about what we kind of wanted to cover, and obviously we wanted to cover and, and I don't want to call it 9-11 Truth because it doesn't sound – you know, 9-11 Truth sounds like um, – I guess most people would deem it conspiracies, but but um, TJ and I have a different perspective on that. And so what we're going to get into um, here in a little bit – is we're going to get into the the aspect of 9/11 that that can't be redacted, and that is the information that that is out there that is readily available that 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 is admitted that happened that happened in chronological order. So we're going to get into some of that. But the first couple of things I wanted to touch on that I think are pretty important, and TJ, you can kind of back me up on this, is that we're starting to see. If you look at if you look at the global landscape, you're starting to see people of very um, let's see what's well, a great uh, analogy, a very prominent status, move into gold. You know, doubling their doubling their orders of gold, moving into gold. Putin's moving into gold. Soros is moving into gold, and these people have figured out that that what is what is coming along with this fiscal cliff that we're approaching towards the end of this year. From the United States standpoint, is that you could have, and TJ and I always like to be cautious. We always like to err on the side of caution rather than err on the side of of getting you know all hyped up for nothing because it doesn't do us any good to get all hyped up if you get people all amped up and then don't give them any direction. Much like we talk about on the show a lot, if you don't give them any direction, then you're really just basically creating a bunch of spinning tops, and spinning tops are just going to collide with one another. And it's really not going to make for an orderly, you know, discussion. So what you're seeing is you're seeing people with 
with insider knowledge, you're seeing people with, you know, a lot more connections than TJ and I and yourself and whomever you might be connected to move into gold. And why would they move into gold? TJ, why would people move into gold as opposed to moving into investments and companies and stuff like that? What what does gold offer that that investments and mutual funds and and those type of things? What does it offer that that the other that the other you know I guess um, investment instruments don't? We have to understand that um, a lot of times you can say hard currencies, but uh, of course yes, that the dollar is a hard currency. But in terms of real money, gold is actually a real hard currency. You see, one thing about gold now. Gold can be devalued, but the only way gold is actually um, devalued is um, uh, basically when the demand for it is low. Right. However, yeah. in our terms, we actually have a monetary – we have notes, okay? Yeah. The dollar bill and all of our money currencies are notes. That's that why it says that, Federal Reserve note at the yeah. very top of the dollar, correct? Yeah, and that means that at any time – they can change notes, making the currency we have worthless. This means that our notes can be devalued. You see, the, the, the one thing, uh, if you go back in history, you actually see that many nations used to back their currency with gold. Right. You and don't it, have that no more. <laughs> no, 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 because everything, like for the United States currency, it's backed with oil. And – and then you have the all the global currencies that are basically standardized off the U.S. dollar. And then that's the way that, you know, not to get into an economics lesson or anything, just just think of this. The dollar is the world reserve currency. What does that mean? That means that each nation, depending on how much they buy, sell, trade, what have you, has physical dollars on hand in case their currency collapses because the dollar can always be used as a form of currency. Now – what happens if the U.S. dollar becomes the non or becomes or just gets disemboweled and now it's not the reserve currency of the world, which is one of you know a lot of economists' big fears because then when the Fed prints money, it doesn't have any meaning. It's just like printing in the Weimar Republic where you can print wheelbarrows full of money, and it doesn't even buy you the wheelbarrow. It's just a bunch of paper. And so when you see this shift, when you see this shift of these guys going to, like TJ said, when they're going to gold, they're going to – and it's really easy. They're going to commodities rather than going to, to things that are like investments or speculation or something like that. They understand if they diversify their monies and they get their money into, into tangible assets like TJ said, gold has always been a standard. It even says in our constitution that gold and silver can be used to settle debts. So that is one of the things that you always need to think about. Is when you see these big power players moving into gold and moving into silver and, and all these other different avenues, and they're not moving into investing in, in corporations anymore. They probably are, but it's not nearly as heavy as them moving into, you know, these these other commodities. It's something to really watch, and you'll start to see the economy. And it won't take, you know, it won't take a, a matter of hours. It'll actually happen over a couple of weeks. You'll see the economy react to it. You'll see – I guarantee you, you're going to see silver prices go up over the next couple um, next couple of weeks. They've already shot up you know, over – I think it was like a month and a half ago. They were down to $25. Now it's at $33, which is a huge jump. $8 in, in a couple of months span is a, is a huge jump. That's almost like a 33% jump in just a single commodity. So not to get burrowed down to the minutia, but – once again, we're we're trying to get information out to you so you can understand and you can make education educated decisions on what to do. We're not telling you how to invest, but just understand that when you start to see a bunch of power players doing certain things, that's probably a good model to follow because they have a little bit more information than we do. And one of the things that was really interesting was a CNBC article that came out this week, and I'm going to pull it up right now. And actually, I read it earlier this week, but I wanted to kind of get TJ's take on it. And this is from CNBC, and and Germany says that there is there is great uncertainty about the U.S. debt. Now, TJ, you and I have talked about this at nauseum, but once again, in the mainstream media, they're not going to perpetuate this kind of this kind of you know talking point down to the masses because this is something that might raise some eyebrows. So, when when they're looking at the entire burden of the global economy, they look at the U.S. debt. And because, like I said, the U.S. debt is the world reserve currency, 
So you're looking at, and you guys can read the whole article if you want, but it basically goes on to talk about how, you know, the the U.S. is just basically building more and more debt. And and one of the the greatest YouTube videos I've ever seen that um, I'll have to uh, I'll have to get the exact URL for it and post it on my site. But it was a gentleman that stood up. It was a question and answer for Bill Clinton. And he stood up, and TJ, you're going to laugh at this, but he he literally looks at Bill Clinton dead in the eye and says, um, President Clinton, or Pre- I think he was president-elect, or I think he, he might have been running. I can't remember if he might have been still in Arkansas at that time. But he says, he says, can you name me the economy that has actually spent their way out of debt? And he just absolutely freezes. It was It was priceless. So you guys can search it on YouTube. I'm sure you can find it. But that's one of the things that that we wanted to kind of bring to everybody's attention is that is that this big fiscal cliff, and we'll do a whole show on it here in a couple of weeks, just because there's a lot of data points to get together and there's a lot of you know articles and supporting documents to get together. And I want to put a bunch of audio clips together from all different types of economists giving their take on it, Keynesian as well as other types of economists, you know, kind of giving their perspective on where we're going, what what's going to happen. So, TJ, you know, we are 11 years. In one day, out of the 9/11. Okay, so let's start out with doing this. Where were you September 11th, 2001? I was actually in school. <laughs> Believe it or not. So, so break down what happened for us. Or, um, well, I was in school, and um, they called a lot of us to the cafeteria, and they held us there. And then we was actually sent home from school early. Hmm. And then when I got home, I turned on the TV and was like, oh, the first tower was hit. And then I watched as the second plane hit the second tower. And then I saw um, the two trade centers collapse. And then a little bit later on, I saw the third World Trade Center tower that a lot of people don't know about actually collapse. Now, when you say a little bit later on, you mean yeah, in um, the afternoon? Yeah, because the first two Royal Trade Centers, Tower 1 Tower 2, actually fell, I believe, in the morning. Yeah, like I'm 9. Sure. I think they got yeah. hit at like 9.30, and they fell in the mornings. I don't have the exact the, times this, in front of me. A lot of people don't understand that there's more than one Trade Center building. And the other Royal Trade Center building, um, is that Building 3? Right, yeah, Building 3. Mm-hmm. Building 3 fell at, I believe, what was it 5.30 p.m.? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Building 7 fell in the afternoon, I think. Yeah. It it didn't fall. Like, I mean, it completely fell hours after right. uh, the first towers fell. Yeah, and, the, and, the, and we'll get into the semantics of it. And like I said, everybody, we're going to cover facts. We're not going to cover, you know, hearsay. We're not going to cover any Zionist thing or any, you know, Mujahideen kind of thing. We're just going to cover the facts and then – you know, and there have been documentaries made about this stuff. I mean, the the evidence is out there. Most of it's admitted, but there are some things that still kind of are, are a little bit shadowy. But for all intents and purposes, we're just going to cover some of the facts, and TJ and I are going to go through it. You know, kind of talk through some of the some of the data points that we know, and then um, and then we'll go ahead and open the phones up for people that want to call in on the uh, on uh, 9/11. Talk about you know where you were, what happened. You know what you felt like, because I know where I was. I was actually in class, you know, same kind of thing. But I was in college. TJ, you were probably what, in like middle school, high school, middle school? Uh, two thousand one. I was like what, elementary? <laughs> okay, so that gives you guys the age gap between TJ and myself. So, yeah, my age is exposed now, TJ. But I was in college. I went to um, I went to my class and uh, sat down. My professor says I don't even know why we're having class right now. And I and I woke up late. I don't. I didn't even care about the news, which is kind of ironic. Now, didn't even care about the news. And um, and I got home, and my girlfriend at the time was um, she stayed at my apartment that night. I got home and I went in, and she was crying. And I said, "What in the heck?" She's like, "You got to come in and look at this. You got to come in and look at this." And I and I go in there because I heard a plane hit the building, and I didn't really think anything of it. I thought it was. Because I, I can't remember if it was a year before, because everything kind of runs together. When you get old, TJ, you'll figure this out. When you get old, everything kind of runs together. But it was a couple of months before, or maybe um, maybe a year before, there was a guy that tried to fly like a crop duster into the um, into the White House, 
And so I thought it was like the same kind of thing. It was like, oh, somebody just threw a crop, you know, crop duster into a uh, into a building, and you know, and there was an explosion or whatever. But then I'm sitting there with her on the couch, and we see the second plane as we're watching Tom Brokaw do his little broadcast or whatever. We see the second plane go, and it smashes into the, ta- the second tower. And we, and truth be told, I've never felt so naked in my entire life. Like that is one thing that TJ, I'm sure you probably felt this too, is that you never thought in a in a million years that any country or any entity would ever attack the United States. It's kind of like one of those things you're not going to go up to the biggest baddest guy at the bar and smack him in the face and start a fight with him. You know what I mean? It's just not something that we could see coming. And I think that that's why it was such a culture shock to the American public that oh my gosh, we we actually are vulnerable. Stuff like this can happen. So. I mean, TJ, do you think that's a pretty fair assessment that you could you can't even you can't even really think about going I mean, that would be like some let's say that would be like uh that'd be like Guam going over to uh to Iran and, and, and going down and trying to pick a fight with them saying, Hey, we're gonna invade you. I mean it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, you know, you know how we actually gonna I mean, and I know we're gonna talk about this, but we gonna actually talk about facts and talk about what is possible. And yeah, I know people say that anything is possible. Yes, true. But we're going to look at what really is possible because attacking the U.S. is a hard thing to do. Right. We saw... Um, oh, wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's go ahead and launch into it here. I got the Bill Cooper clip. That was a great setup, TJ. We'll just launch right into that. He's right. Attacking the U.S., that's, that's an incredibly hard thing to do. Why? Because we've got... The best intelligence, the most expansive intelligence network in the world. So, I mean, TJ, wouldn't you say that's a fair assessment that we're probably the most technologically advanced from, like, you know, a, 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 not, I don't want to say a spying standpoint, but you know, let's let's face it, the NSA listens to stuff that's admitted. You know, from a spying standpoint, we're pretty up to date. It's going to be really hard for you guys to s- sneak something by us, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, most definitely. You know. Okay, so here's the Bill Cooper clip, and then we'll come back on the backside. But you guys, um, Bill Cooper did a broadcast. He used to do a show. Uh, it was on just it was on just local global shortwave, and it was called The Hour of Our Time. And this broadcast, and I'm going to actually pull up the date here so I make sure I get all of this stuff correct. But I believe that this broadcast that he aired was on um, – it was on – let's see. It's on June 20, 28, 2001. So June 28, 2001, um, roughly two and a, two two months before 9/11, and here's the clip, and then I'll talk about what happened to Bill Cooper um, after this on the backside. The largest intelligence apparatus in the world, with the biggest budget in the history of the world, has been looking for Osama bin Laden for years and years and years, and can't find him. Some doofus jerk-off reporter with a camera crew waltzes right into his hideout and interviews him. So why, why do all these fools believe this charade? That a CNN reporter and his little camera crew can do what all the money and all the assets and all the eavesdropping and all the intelligence and all the satellites and all the undercover operatives in the world can never do. It's because they're not trying. They don't want to. Osama bin Laden is their creation, and he is serving them well. I mean, is this some kind of incredible joke that people are so stupid they'll fall for this? And now we're being bombarded with messages that Osama bin Laden is planning to attack the United States of America and Israel. Let me tell you something. If he's an enemy of Israel and the Mossad can't find him, then this thing is the biggest joke that you ever heard of in your life. And I'm telling you, be prepared for a major attack. But it won't be Osama bin Laden. It will be those behind the New World Order who once again want to take the guns and the freedom away from the American people because we're the only ones left in the world who can oppose the destruction of freedom in the world and the implementation of a one-world totalitarian socialist government, and that is the goal. And whatever is going to happen that they're going to blame on Osama bin Laden, don't you even believe it. 
another social illusion, social engineering project to change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. I wonder what Osama bin Laden's targets are supposed to be. And if they don't, you know, if this doesn't materialize in the next two or three weeks, it will eventually materialize because they haven't succeeded in getting the guns out of the hands of the American people, nor have they succeeded in taking our freedoms away. In fact, there's been a great awakening in this country and a, and a big backlash against these Marxist, communist, puke-faced, lying, subversive, Nazi, jackbooted, Gestapo thugs that is gaining momentum. And so I can tell you with a certainty, they must do something terrible in order to stop this backlash and regain the sympathy of the mass herds of sheeple out there. <laughs> and supposedly, we're not the only nation searching for Osama bin Laden. So the vast economic resources, the vast technological resources, the vast personnel resources, the vast networks and intricate web spun over all these years by the CIA, the FBI, and the NSA. Can't find Osama bin Laden, but CNN can? What a crying shame. How in the world could this country of all nations breed such a dumbed-down, unthinking, illiterate, uneducated, stupid, ignorant, Population. <laughs> now, let me just tell everyone that Bill Cooper broadcasted this in June, almost about what two and a half weeks before nine eleven. Two two months, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh my bad, my bad, my bad. Two months. He broadcasted this inside June two thousand one, two months before nine eleven. Nine eleven happened, and on November fifth, two thousand one, and Bill Cooper was shot dead by police. Oh, and it gets even better. Like, the story behind Bill Cooper is even better than that. So for those of you that don't know who Bill Cooper is, um, go to the um, yeah, go to the uh, YouTube channel, We Are Not Cattle TV. I've got a whole series of all of his seminars and, and his radio broadcasts, a couple of his broadcasts on there. He did the shortwave radio broadcast. Bill Cooper was formal naval intelligence. He was... High, high-ranking naval intelligence, saw a bunch of funny business going on with the U.S. government, said he wanted out, and then he got sucked back into it, ended up getting out, um, and then starting his broadcast trying to warn the American public and anybody that would listen about um, about the New World Order, a.k.a. global socialism slash collectivism, which has now turned into basically a bunch of corporatist people trying to impose their will on, on humanity through um, – through governments by, you know, shortcutting their competition and basically exiling them. So Bill Cooper actually gets in the the um, there was a film that's like eight minutes long, and I'll actually put that on the YouTube channel as well. That breaks down how he got how he got taken out. But um, basically, um, some cops pull up in unmarked cop cars, no uniforms, no nothing, and they start messing with Bill. And then Bill, um, long story short, ends up shooting one of the guys, ends up being a sheriff's deputy, so they mow him down. And so – and then they, they spin it and say that, oh, he, he shot a sheriff's deputy when they came to his house, and it's really not even not even remotely close to accurate. And they actually did a big investigative report and found out that, hey, you know, he actually tried to surrender, and then they you know chased him back to his house and all kinds of craziness. But you know, like TJ said, hey, that's two months before September 11th, and – you know, I don't want to say conspiracy, but gosh, I mean, if if somebody came out and said, you know, two months before September 11th that something was going to happen, if I if I was in, in if he had former intelligence size, I would I would heed what he had to say. Well, let's look at this though, because during Pearl Harbor, uh, the United States was actually warned, even by a congressman, that the Japanese was about to attack Pearl Harbor. Now, as you all know, um, that the U.S. did not uh, listen to those warnings. They dismissed it. That 
is on record. That mm-hmm. is in history. Mm-hmm. Let's fast forward to um, some months before 9-11 that uh, several world intelligence agencies warned the U.S. about a possible attack yeah. on America. That is on record that you can actually find yeah. in the news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that and, is on record. And, and it gets even it gets even creepier. So, TJ, let's start breaking down some of the the highlights. Obviously, Building Seven is 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 a major is a major oh, yeah. hallmark of of um of September 11th. Okay, and if you go to if you go to the website wearenotcattle.net and you go to the far side, uh, I think it's the the far column that I have under uh, 9/11. There's a video of the BBC live on air. <laughs> TJ's laughing because he's actually seen this many times. He's probably got it on his YouTube channel. But the BBC is sitting there announcing that Building 7 has just fallen in its footprint due to fire. And in the backdrop, literally in the backdrop, is Building 7. You can see it. Physically see it. Building 7. <laughs> is st- no, no, no. no. This, but this is not the important – let's look at the important part. BBC reported that Building 7 had fallen right. due and to damage, but they reported it almost 20 minutes before the building actually fell. And so, that is that you can't you can't hmm. dispute that as 9/11 truth conspiracy nothing. That's fact. And if that you don't there. believe it, you can actually find the actual video that was recorded from the live broadcast on September 11, 2001, that BBC did, and you can clearly see Building 7 behind a reporter who's actually saying that Building 7 has just failed. How do you know that a building has collapsed 20 minutes before it actually happened? And then after he said it, they cut him off of air. Yeah. Okay. So, and like I said, it's it's – it's on my website. Wearenotcattle.net. Yeah, it was down for a day because GoDaddy got hacked, and yeah, I'm a GoDaddy customer. Shame on me. They support CISPA and SOPA and all that stuff, but you know, it was it was cheap. It was easy when I set it up. So, like I said, far right hand column, go under 9/11 Truth, and I was, and it's even headlined: BBC announces WTC uh, Trade Center number seven collapse early. So oh. that's that's number one. Okay, but let's talk about TJ. Let's talk about the distance. And it supposedly fell from fire, right? It, it uh-huh. fell from fire. How far away from buildings one and three, or one and two, whatever they are, how far away from the World Trade Center is Building Seven? If I mean, I'm it, not, if I'm not actually mistaken, um, Building Seven, I mean, is 355 feet away. Yeah, it, it, and that's as the crow flies. And okay. I mean, it's 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 like a block over and like three streets up. Now, but, but but this is <laughs> okay. This is the shocking thing. This is what fact number three, fact number four. I don't know. I lost count. No, this no, is, we'll... but this is another fact. Fact. <laughs> there is actual. There is actually video of the firefighters on the street telling the people get to back. They're gonna blow it up because they are about to bring down Building Seven. And TJ. How about the significance of what Building 7 was? Building 7 was the the CIA headquarters, the largest CIA headquarters outside of Langley, Virginia, that was in the United States. And we're not saying conspiracy stuff here, guys. This is facts. But not only the CIA. It was was other government agencies, including including the Secret Service. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's – all right, so we'll leave Building 7 alone. We'll leave Building 7 alone. Like I said, guys, just go out and do the research. We're not telling you conspiracy. We're not telling you who did it. We're not saying that the government staged all this crap. To, but the only thing that I do know that TJ knows is that this was used to take a lot of civil liberties and was used to create the TSA, which is now you know, going into the pants. And I mean it's, it's just craziness. How do we ever let this happen as an American public? And – I forgot to give the phone number out for those of you that are listening and want to call in and talk about where you were on September 11th. If you've got any smoking gun things that you want to talk about, we're not going to get into conspiracy stuff. We just want to hear the facts, and then you guys can draw the conclusions from yourself. Uh, The guest number to call in is uh, 
702-753-1916. That's 602-753-1916. For those of you listening in that want to call in, chime in on where you were, what happened, what you felt, and, and where you think the state of this United States is right now. So, TJ, transitioning off of that, why don't you brief us on the drills that they were running at, mm-hmm. at, at on September 11th? So just talk about the drills and what they entailed, and, and then we'll just go from there. Let's look at another fact. Now, keep in mind, everything I'm telling you is actually documented fact that you can actually find inside uh, major news sources Fact. On the day of September 11th, the reason why fighter jets that were scrambled, okay, now even though they even though they was actually scrambled after the towers fell, I don't know why, but the pilots were actually confused because on September 11th they had a number of drills actually running. And one of the drills, one of the military drills that was actually taking place was if what happens if a plane actually hit a building. Now, is that coincidence? Well, it's... Uh, I mean, think about mm. it. They ran this... The same thing came out about the BBC... I mean, not the BBC. The, the bombings in London on 7-7. They had... Mm. They yeah. had the exact same. They had the exact same <laughs> targets being hit at the exact same time, and, and what what happened was you had you. I mean, if it was a terrorist organization planning this, they had to have inside information to know when these when these drills were going to go off because these are high level drills. I mean, this isn't just like this isn't like announcing to the public, "Hey, we're going to run a we're going to we're going to run a drill we're going to run a drill on Tuesday where we simulate flying an airplane into a building." And it and just doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into that in a second, but I mean, seven seven the same thing. They said that hey, we're gonna there's gonna be you know simulated bombs that go off and these these and these, and and all of a sudden it starts happening and people start going, is this a drill? Is this real? And this similar thing happened on nine eleven. So you want to talk about the NORAD stand on a note? And this actually came out. Rumsfeld signed an order. That said, and was it like a week before TJ, or like two weeks before? That said that, you know, for you know, even though that this has been done in the past, we're gonna go ahead and and knock off any shoot down orders that we have. When when was that? And just walk us through the timeline of of that going off. You know, I'm actually not that familiar with about Rumsfeld involvement. Okay. Well, he said he actually submitted an an article that said that. That if if a situation arises where there is a plane that needs to be shot down, we need to have a stand down order for that because we need to make sure that 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 um, that plane isn't. Um, I can't remember what the exact terminology was, but you guys can go find it out there. It's it's absolutely astonishing. And then a couple of minutes after the plane the plane crashes into the I can't remember it was Pentagon or Pennsylvania uh. crash last. <laughs> he, he relinquishes the stand-down order. He's like, okay, well, now you guys can shoot down all the planes you want. So, TJ, let's talk about the um, – and this is my favorite. This the is my Pentagon? favorite. Just, yeah, this is my oh, favorite. Yeah. Just, from, oh, just yeah. from a conceptual standpoint, TJ, how many, how many cameras do you think are on the Pentagon? In total – Probably – I mean you just have to ballpark it. You're a lay citizen. You're a layman. This is the most – fortified command center that we have in the United States where all military intelligence gathers. What would you say? How many? Just roughly. Just give me a ballpark. Um, I probably have to say probably 200. Okay. How come we've got one one view of the plane hitting? And then we have... Well, that no- because to my knowledge, according to, I believe it was the FBI... Mm-hmm. That they actually stated that there was now I'm not just showing the numbers you can actually double check mm-hmm. but there was actually more than forty cameras that actually caught the uh, well the so-called plane uh, <laughs> and no well because now I'm gonna come back to this point but let me kind of just the reason why I say so-called plane the reason why is because that um, every plane crash in history. Uh, that has uh, really ever happened, you have always been able to see um, the plane residue. 
Right. Or seats, fuchsia lines, yeah. something like that. Yeah, you would see evidence of the plane. I mean, come on, even a side war when a plane is hit by a missile, even when a plane I mean crashes, you see stuff. Inside of all I mean, if you if you look into the plane that crashed inside the field, the plane that crashed at the Pentagon, there is no evidence of no plane. Like the plane disintegrated into dust. And, now, and all right, so <laughs> So let's Going talk about back. yeah. Let's all right. Let's backtrack a little bit. And let's we backtrack call, to the video. All right, we got we got a caller on hold. So talk about the talk about the video, and then I want to put my piece in there, and then I'll pull up the caller. So go ahead and talk about the video. Not only did they not have videos on the Pentagon recording, they had videos across the street that actually captured it. But until till this day. They have not released them. The question is, and then in the video that they did release, you don't even see a plane going into the road, uh, in, into the Pentagon. You see an explosion. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm just saying. And then on top of that, we don't even talk about how that the guy who the, that the terrorist that was supposed to have been flying that plane is the same terrorist that actually that the flight instructor down to Florida said that he actually failed. The flight school and that the maneuver he actually maneuvered that you have even um, seasoned veteran pilots even said that they could not even uh, do the same maneuver inside um, assimilation. Yeah. Now I'm just saying. Once again, documented stuff. That is fact. That, <laughs> that's not no conspiracy bullcrap. You can go read articles. You can go, I mean, you can find that. That is documented. Once again, we're giving you the information. You draw your conclusion. Hey, TJ, what about the the obscene amount of money? And let me find, I'll see oh. if I can, I can see if I can search it here. The obscene amount of money that goes missing mm-hmm. the day before 9-11 and then, and it's funny that the plane just so happened to hit the data center where all the financial transactions and the financial records happened. Once again, not saying conspiracy. This is just fact. You can actually find the video on for September 10th, 2001, um, when the official – I believe he – was he the secretary of the state or was he uh, the department – he was an official to George Bush. They have him – in a news conference, I'm seeing. I'm looking at it right now on YouTube. It's 2.3 trillion dollars missing from the Pentagon coffers. In the same place they keep the the Pentagon financial records, at the same place that the so-called plane hit. Hey, all right. All right. So we got a caller on hold. I'm going to bring him up here. Caller, give us your name, where you're calling from, and um, and where you were on uh, September 11th, and if you've got some um, some points that you'd like to raise with TJ and myself. This is a topic near and dear to our hearts, so we can pretty much speak to anything. So, uh, caller, you are on the air. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, my name is Andrew, and I'm uh, here in Bureau, Florida. And I was actually uh, in flight school at Paris Air right across the field from flight safety uh, when 9-11 happened. And so I got to, to be there when the uh, FBI showed up and pretty much closed the entire airport down. And they were going through flight safety. They didn't mess with our flight school much, but... Um, mm-hmm. You know, they checked everybody out and pretty much had you leave immediately. It was closed. Um, but, yeah, you guys are touching some some great things that I wanted to talk about, and I, I didn't think you guys were going to go there, and you did, was the Pentagon. You know, I install security cameras now for a living, and uh, that grainy image just doesn't cut it, man. Yeah, and, and, and what I was trying to get TJ to talk about is that, is that it was – I don't know if it was publicized or if it was just hearsay, but there was – there were rumors going around that after the explosion, and this is what is actually documented, is that they had dump trucks. TJ, do you remember the dump trucks and like the land movers that came in and started well, piling up? up? Yeah, yeah, they they absolutely covered up all this stuff and then said, well, it's guaranteed that a plane hit here, even though you can't see any wing entries or anything like that. No fuselage, no black box, no 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 chairs, no no nothing. It basically just disintegrated. But they just say, well, hey, you know, that, that's that's those, pretty much what happened. Rolls Royce turbine jet engines would have survived. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a fire that, that that jet could have produced. By those engines not surviving, I mean that's just a tail sign that they're covering something up. It's a rocket. And, and, and then and then they literally and then not even that's funny you mentioned cover up. They physically went and covered yeah. it up. 
right underneath the Americans' that. noses, and we're too stupid eating our Big Macs and watching the football game that we don't even care. <laughs> That's so true. Caller, thanks for calling in. Hopefully you'll call again sometime soon. Thanks for the input, and uh, I really appreciate it. Now, in flight school, did you see anything going on, like, kind of out of the ordinary while you were there before, you know, the attacks or anything like that, or was it just kind of business as usual? Uh, it was just business as usual. Um, I, I didn't even know that, you know, they, they'd even trained there, never seen them. It's a small community, and most of the uh, the guys in flight school, we all know each other. Yeah. No, I had no idea. Never seen their face before. Ah, cool. Well, thanks for the call. We'll hopefully, hear from you sometime soon. Thanks again. Thanks, guys. All right, TJ. He's a, he's gone. So, so what do you think of that? I mean, he just you basically know, calls it out like he like he sees it. You know. I mean, think about this. Like he said, those Rolls Royce engines. There's a reason why they use jet fuel for planes because mm-hmm. jet fuel does not actually burn hotter than regular gasoline that we actually use for our cars. Mm-hmm. Which means that that jet fuel does not disintegrate metal. Mm. Or now steel. let's. That was the last topic I wanted to cover. TJ, <laughs> you're jumping the gun on me. So, TJ, how many? And you're a pretty big history buff, and so okay. am I. How many? How many buildings in history, skyscrapers, mind you, mm-hmm. have collapsed due to fire after they burned for like weeks, months, or I mean, a couple weeks, days, those types of things. Like five alarm fires. You know, can't put it out. It just sits there, burns, 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 burns. How many of those buildings have actually collapsed? Inside the modern age of humanity, so I mean, I'm talking about from the first skyscraper until now, only two buildings in the history of the world has ever failed because of a fire. Oh, cool. So it, it's not, you know, so they're not alone. World, you know, World Trade Center 1 and 2 are not alone. Oh, well, no, because the only building they ever have failed from fire is the World Trade Center. <laughs> well, if you count World Trade Center number seven, then that would be number three, oh, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of and course, then, those yeah. three fires that was <laughs> sitting in the windows, I guess. <laughs> we can and, call it that. You know, guys, we're kind of laughing about this because once you start looking into it, it really is comical. Whether whether it was a staged event or it had to be coordinated on a mass scale. We're not oh, saying yeah. that, we're not saying that our government did it. We're not saying that some clandestine you know, operative group didn't do it. We're not saying that that the Mossad didn't do it. We're not. I mean, we're just giving you the facts. And it, and if you don't want to go research the facts, like I said before on our broadcast, we can't help you. If you don't want to know, if you don't want to know that, and and this is one thing that I wanted to touch on really quickly, TJ. And I've got this really long clip here, and it's really good. But hopefully, we can like rush through it. Because it really does break down. It's it's a, about a two-minute clip, so hopefully we can catch it on the backside. What we're trying to get you guys to understand is that you need to always ask why and who benefits. You need to always ask that because when you start getting into life-changing, even you know history-changing events, you, you, I mean, it's great to stand there and be in like shock and awe and be awestruck as to what's going on. But then you need to kind of, you know, put yourself back together and say, that was really strange. I'd really like to find out what happened. And you know what? You might end up like Bill Cooper and you might have known it was going to happen. Then you end up getting whacked by somebody and we don't know. But that's, you know, that's that's the problem that you face if you go against, you know, the official stories. But we do know that the official story has got multiple holes in it. And we're not trying to point out the holes trying to sink the vessel. We're pointing out the holes trying to say, hey, we need some answers here. We just need answers. That's all we want. If you give us a really good answer, hey, we'll go away. But, you know, some of these questions are just really, really out there. And nobody's really stepping up except for, and TJ and I talked about this before the broadcast, PBS, and I haven't seen it yet, but I do want to go watch it. Evidently, PBS aired what's called a 9-11 truth video, and it was probably touching on some of the similar things. But shifting gears into that, TJ, let's talk about the Middle East really quick, and let's talk about Mm -hmm. what's going on over there. Because this is really where we're getting into some biblical stuff, and I'm going to let TJ touch on the biblical side of it because – if you look at what's going on now in the Middle East, it really is it really is building up to the clash of civilizations. And on the Alex Jones show today, the um the author, director, writer of um of the Obama twenty sixteen video was or movie, which is now like a national craze, was on there and he basically broke down um what he believes uh Obama's trying to do 
And Alex Jones obviously believes that there's a global agenda, that there's a secret society that gets together and they, they kind of pick and choose how the world's going to work. And, and I don't really subscribe to that. I don't think TJ subscribes to that as much just because it, that would take so much secrecy. And, and people with that much chutzpah and that much bravado usually get out there and talk about it. And he talks about how they brag about stuff, which they do. But I just don't think it's as coordinated as, as 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 he thinks it is. Now I could be completely wrong, and you know, Lord help us if I am wrong. But here is the clash of civilizations, and I don't want TJ to go. And I and I don't mean to get like real philosophical, but TJ, you need to go biblical on us here at the very end, and then we're gonna we're gonna break this down and wrap up the show. Well, it is bigger than Obama. I agree. Um, and you know, in some ways, we've got to be fair. Obama didn't cause the Arab Spring. Uh, there was an in, a revolt within the Arab world. My, my criticism of Obama is the way that he's reacting or responding to it. I mean, look, there's a power struggle going on in Egypt right now. It's between the military and between the Muslim Brotherhood. The Muslim Brotherhood is the largest organization of radical Islam in the world. So whose side is Obama on? He's on the side of the Muslim Brotherhood. The Obama administration has been warning the Egyptian military, you guys better turn over power uh, or we're going to cut off U.S. aid. Now, wow, here's the United States. We had in Egypt an ally, Mubarak, a dictator to be sure, but a dictator friendly to Israel, friendly to the United States. We helped to push him out, and now we're accelerating a transition of power so that our own deadly enemies, uh, the, the radical Muslims, get a hold of a major country. Look, the radical Muslims already control Iran. If they now control Egypt, there's only one other big country left for them to take over, and that's Saudi Arabia. So that's where the film goes. It says, wait a minute, you know, if Saudi Arabia falls, then all the major legs of the tripod are now in place, and all the smaller countries, Jordan, Bahrain, the United Arab Emirates, and so on, they're never going to be able to hold out against a tide of radical Islam sweeping the region. So, you know, so what's going on with Obama? I mean, some people think Obama's a bundler. He doesn't know what he's doing, and so on. I say no. I think Obama knows what's happening. It's very predictable. You can see it's happening right in front of our eyes. But Obama is trying to reduce U.S. influence in the region. And part of that is to weaken our allies and allow some of the bad guys to come to power. Okay, TJ. So I'm going to turn the floor over to you. But I do want to bring up something else that you can talk about. And you got about two minutes to wrap this up. So do you remember what Lindsey Williams said about a year and a half ago? Oh yeah. He said that the that. <laughs> he said that the that the United States would double cross the Saudis mm-hmm. by devaluing the currency, thus making their T bills worth worthless. you know worthless, and basically mm-hmm. bringing about the clash of civilizations. So, run with the clash of civilizations. Like I said, you got two minutes, so give us the breakdown from your perspective, what you're going to see, and then I'll wrap up the show, and then we'll set up the show for next week. All right, I mean, you know, um, what you basically is going to be saying that the main thing that they have to do is to set up a true Islamic state. If you actually know that uh, uh, inside history that the Muslims really have never really all been um, united. You have especially two different types of um, Muslims. You have um, the Shiites and you have the Sunnis. And so what you are actually seeing now that that the Muslim Brotherhood, once they actually get inside every Islamic country, you can actually create a true Islamic state. When you have a true Islamic state that actually has one focus on coal, they're basically their main goal is going to be to take out Israel. And of course, the United States actually being one of the largest Christian nations inside the, inside the world uh, will basically have no influence over there. So, and then we see inside biblical prophecy, when we actually see inside Ezekiel, when we look at um, the battle of Gog and Magog, we actually talk about how Russia will actually rise up and then with its allies, which is are the Islamic um, nations, will actually come and they will invade Israel, but they will be defeated by Israel and by God. So that's what we actually see in the setting up right now. I know it was kind of fast, but <laughs> time is short. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? You really hit every you hit every high note that we needed to hit because, and, and you know, we could probably send we could probably spend half an episode, you know, one day here in the future, just kind of going over this stuff. And he's exactly right. When you start seeing, you know, TJ and I were skeptical about this this policy in the beginning, where you're removing Mubarak, where you're removing, you know, Gaddafi and these people that have been that have been allies for years, and they they basically had trade with us. They, I mean, yeah, they were dictators, but I mean, they weren't all bad. I mean, it's, and I don't want to say it like it's it's a brush off, like oh, they were they were okay dictators. I mean, dictator is probably not a good thing, a way to run a country. But um, when you're trying to build up an infrastructure like what Gaddafi was doing, he was building up his country. 
when you're doing what, you know, when you're playing ball, and that's what was so weird is that both of these guys were playing ball with the United States and Israel, and then finally they just said, you know what, hey, we, um, we've had enough of you, and the people said we've had enough of you. So I guess it's you know in all intents and purposes it was kind of a double-edged sword. You either get the you either get the dictator or the Muslim Brotherhood. But TJ, I think that you and I can both agree that that the dictator at that point in time was a lot better than the Muslim Brotherhood we got in there now. So oh yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. TJ, thanks for jumping on board again. Thank you, Colin, for calling in once again, everybody. Get a friend, get informed, and get involved. And once again, love liberty. Be informed, everyone. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Wednesday.